Hi there, this is Tembela Mbata. I am a publicist and a book lover with a background in publishing. And I head up a social media account called Afromom Reads on Instagram. And this is where I share my love for reading as well as sharing book reviews equally for children and adults to get them to fall in love with the magic of reading, especially reading African books by African writers. You're listening to The Page Cast, a podcast brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. I'm very honored to be in conversation with the lovely Lazy Makoti about her latest cookbook, Hosting with the Lazy Makoti. This feels like a full circle moment for me, having worked with her previously in her first book. So this is basically going to feel like a catch up and I'm so excited to get into it. But before we get into our exciting chat, let me tell you a bit more about our lovely guest. Mohao Seshwene is a trained chef and award-winning cookbook author. She founded The Lazy Makoti in 2014 after leaving the corporate world to focus on her love for food. What began as a lesson for a friend, a bride-to-be who was afraid to being labeled The Lazy Makoti, which is the lazy daughter-in-law, because she couldn't cook, evolved into a business and inspired its name. Through The Lazy Makoti, Mohao shares her passion for food and people through her live interactive cooking lessons and her widely followed social media. In line with her desire to promote the role of food in maintaining South African culture and heritage, she hosted a season of a TV show entitled Cooks for Life, on which she demonstrated easier, healthier ways to prepare African and South African cuisine. Mohao has a diploma in culinary arts from the Chef's Training and Innovation Academy in Centurion and completed the industry training under Chef Werner the Saxon Hotel in Johannesburg. Her accolades include Mail and Guardian's Top 200 Young South Africans list in 2015, Mandela Washington Fellow at the University of Wisconsin Start in the U.S. in 2016, Forbes Africa 30 Under 30s list, Brand South Africa Play Your Part Ambassador, Yusiba Creative and Cultural Industries Award, and she is an award-winning cookbook author, having won the Goman World Cookbook Award twice. Welcome, Mohao. I'm so happy to be chatting with you about your second book today. Firstly, how does it feel being called an award-winning cookbook author? I mean, this is major. Hi, Tembela. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. This does feel like, you know, a full circle moment because I met you just as I was publishing my first cookbook. And I don't think back then I could have imagined all of this. So it feels amazing. It's such incredible validation for all the work that goes behind, you know, putting together a cookbook. Absolutely. I mean, I think I witnessed most of like the first book. So like take us through the process of writing this book and deciding on recipes, you know, all the that comes with putting together a cookbook. How different was it from the first cookbook for you? So I think um, most of this cookbook was written in lockdown. If you'll remember in 2020, all of us were in the house. All our vices were taken. There really was nothing else but food. And I think that just um, highlighted the incredible role of food to bring people together. But not only that, to bring much needed comfort. So in lockdown, I was cooking a lot. I was logging in online and cooking with everybody else on social media. And that was really incredible. Um, little did I know that I was actually testing recipes for the next cookbook. So once that ended... 
I realized, you know, this is, we're halfway through with a cookbook. So I added more recipes, more testing, and really put together hosting with the Lazy Magoti. Wow. I mean, lockdown came with a lot of uncertainty and you somehow managed to stay energized and on top of your game. As always, um, you got us all excited about cooking. I can't tell you how many times I baked the banana bread and your bread rolls. <laughs> like, So we all looked forward to your Instagram cook-alongs. At what point did you think to yourself, ah, Aman, let me pause on the lies and let me just focus on compiling the book? This book really was an act of love, actually, because I never, while we were in lockdown, you know, doing the Insta lives, did I think this is actually a book. I never thought I'm actually writing my second cookbook. It was just about getting online, you know, giving people some sort of comfort, uh, because like I said, there really was nothing else that could have brought people any comfort. So just that one hour where we were all together, cooking, enjoying some a meal that is easy, that is delicious, that brings so much comfort. That was just the goal. And then, you know, you can imagine cooking every single day in lockdown. What was supposed to be two weeks quickly turned into months. So cooking and sharing those recipes every single day, yeah, that became a couple of chapters of a cookbook. And it was only after when things began to lift that I thought, you know, I've actually compiled these recipes, I've tested them, and I know that everybody enjoys them because I had had the opportunity of feedback during those lives. Then let's put it together and make it a book. No, I absolutely love that. And I also love the fact that you do dedicate part of this book to your followers because they kind of, you know, instilled, I mean, ignited something within you to make sure that you, you know, could help them host and celebrate everything that they you know would happen in their lives so i mean i remember the time i worked on your first book you asked the question what does it take to get to bestseller <laughs> now having reached bestseller status what with the success of your first book and now currently with this book please tell us what it takes because <laughs> we want to hear it from you i am a huge advocate for authenticity I think, you know, just pouring from an honest place from your heart, all of my recipes are food that I love, food that I enjoy, that I share with, you know, either my family or my friends or my followers. So that really does come across. And you will find your tribe, people that, that relate, that see themselves in food. You know, I always said the reason um, I do what I do is because of representation. You know, there's a big part of South Africa that had, hadn't seen themselves in cookbooks, hadn't seen their food or how they prepare their food and, and celebrations, really. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to center really the black experience. And I think I've been able to do that. And so many, I mean, testament to the success of both books is that so many people finally feel seen and heard. Absolutely. And also, you, I feel like we've also gotten more confident in, in you know, cooking. Because, I mean, it, it, it really is that daunting thing when you especially... I mean, I know for myself, like cooking for in-laws, this is my second year in now, you know, it's just like, you don't know what they like. You need to get to know, you know, like just trying out certain things that you know, didn't normally grow up with, but they, it's like a, 
something that they enjoy so it's just like trying to make sure so i feel like this is a perfect book for that and i love how you've broken it down it covers everything you'd love to make for all kinds of celebrations and for people with different types of dietary requirements i thought that was spot on um please take me through the process of just deciding i mean like this time you were just like okay cool i'm gonna throw in smoothies and salads in there what <laughs> that deciding factor in that because i mean you know as south africans we we love good food like soul food and then like you know how the creating that balance for you why was it so important at the heart of the Lazy Makoti is, is a love for, for our people. I mean, a real, real love for our people. So with everything, I, I try to think about, you know, a tembela and how she would use a cookbook. More than anything, I didn't want this book to be, you know, one where you use one or two recipes and then you put it on the shelf. I wanted you to be able to use it every day. However much money you're going to spend buying this book, I want you to feel like it was worth it. So I was thinking about every single occasion. I mean, the book is called Hosting with the Lazy Magodi, but hosting could be, you know, hosting a friend for breakfast or hosting a hundred people, you know, it's, it's still hosting. You want people to feel that love and that warmth. So I, I wanted every single occasion to be in the book from breakfasts to, you know, Sunday lunches, which are huge, huge occasions in South Africa to Christmases and Easter's and birthdays, all of those occasions. But like you said, also catering to different people, you know, vegetarians. So all of those occasions, I wanted them to be in the book so that, you know, this is an all-rounder book that you can use anytime you need, um, you know, sort of that helping friend. Mm, no, absolutely. And the recipes are very simple. Like, I mean, I'm looking at the garlic roasted butternut right now. Someone might say, you know, like it's literally it's it's an easy recipe to follow. It takes about, you know, 10 minutes to prep. So it's it's not daunting at all. And also like it's just an, a fresher way of just, you know, like something you wouldn't usually do. People would just boil a butternut for, you know, but now how you've just elevated it and made it as part of just like giving it new life. It's just so amazing. And I see all of that through all of the recipes, actually. I'm prepping my my Christmas lunch from this book this year and it's covered everything. I'm I'm on a slight diet, but I need to cater for everyone else's needs. So it it's like a one-hit wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. Um, like you're saying, it's everyday ingredients that you probably have in your kitchen and in your pantry. We're just elevating them ever so slightly. Um, I think that's, that's something that's important. Even when it comes to how the recipes are written, they really are written with our people in mind. If you think about, you know, the average black person doesn't own a kitchen scale. Yet, you know, in cooking, in food media, recipes are written in grams and in, in milliliters. Yes, yes, that is that, so that is yet, Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is yet another boundary that keeps these people out. Because you buy this cookbook and it's in grams and you don't have a kitchen scale, what then? So I, I used, you know, units of measurement that a black person would have access to, cups, spoons, so that... We're opening up this incredible world of food to people who wouldn't otherwise be let in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really love that. I, I, I noticed, you know, how you 
made sure to include everybody and it's just so easy to use and to follow um i'm sure you don't get a lot of dms asking you what does this mean and that kind of thing because it's very user friendly that was yeah. absolutely important to me i wanted to be sure that you're going to read it and understand exactly what i meant here and be able to execute it in your own kitchen Mm, absolutely. I love that you included the Khodu, um recipe on page 105. My gran also used to make it for us um, using the wild lemon and it, I used to enjoy it with sugar. Just sitting on my grandma's veranda, just enjoying, minding my own. <laughs> do recipes like this, just like the nostalgic ones, do they get requested a lot? Because I know I always have to call home and ask my mom for some of the recipes I grew up with. And the recipe changes all the time, depending on when I'm asking her. <laughs> so do you get a lot of As those nostalgic requests? You know, they've been cookbooks forever. Every, every year there's a different cookbooks. But sometimes you just feel like this wasn't written with me in mind. So it was very important to include a chapter that speaks to our own food, um, our own traditions, uh, because those recipes are important. And a lot of us, even as much as those recipes have been passed down, they're not written down somewhere. And that is just as important. You know, so much of our history we've lost because it, it wasn't written down. Um, and it's, it's, it's so important. You know, I always say there's not enough black people who write books, whatever kind of books. More of us need to write. More of us need to document our lives as they are today, our lives as they were yesterday. We need to just write, write, write and publish all the books they are to publish. Um, so it was important for me that these recipes are documented and celebrated and they live on past us. Yeah. Amazing. No, definitely. I totally agree with you because, I mean, I don't think I would have the confidence I have if it wasn't for you and your for example, your mkomboti recipe. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, from your previous one. So it, it really is important that we do find um, a source where we can find all of these beautiful recipes to share with the generations to come. You once mentioned that um, your ultimate dream was to expand um, the Lazy Makoti brand here in South Africa and to reach other parts of the continent. I see there's a chapter dedicated to Alki Bulan, which is the ancient name of our continent. Um, I really appreciate the strong food collaboration aspect involved, also while promoting the role of food in maintaining culture and heritage. What was the big idea for you putting together this specific chapter? In terms of your dream as well, do you feel you are where you want to be? So um, Alkabulan is actually the name of the continent before someone else gave it a name. And another thing that was born in lockdown was the connection with a lot of the chefs that ended up contributing to that chapter. So I asked chefs from around the continent um, to contribute, you know, recipes to also show that we're very similar. We're more similar than we are different. So if you look at some of those ingredients um, and some of those um, actual recipes, you'll see that you can recognize them. There are one or two slight differences in, you know, the way that they make, they use sorghum to make injera in Ethiopia. We, we use it to make ding, which is essentially a very similar thing. The way they make 
Mohodu or Moroho in Zambia is very similar to how we do it. So really not only just sharing those recipes from elsewhere on the continent, but showing that we're more similar than we are different. So it was a great opportunity to connect with those other chefs and, and sort of bring them into the, the bigger story of hosting with the Lazy Magoti. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I mean, those pork trotters look delicious. I really, I really hope this book extends its lifespan and is used in home economics classes and schools and in years to come, as well as like South African cooking schools, mainly because of how accessible it is. You've done an incredible job of just showing us that we can all, you know, be great hosts. I think that it's very important to have that as a quality within that space of just being, you know, in the food industry. So for you specifically, I know there's been talks, if it was some mentioned where you spoken about a school, is that still something that's in the pipeline for you? I think in a lot of ways, that is what I'm doing now. A lot of it is, you know, speaking directly to to the consumer, to a, a wider South African audience that is sometimes not represented. Um, I feel like there are a lot of cooking schools if you want to be, you know, a chef, but there isn't enough on, you know, everyday, um, everyday celebrating and documenting of our food. And that's how we lose the recipes. That's how we lose them if we're not, you know, interacting with them on a daily basis. Not when it's in a textbook and then you see it when you're in class, but we have to interact with our food, with our stories, with our heritage on a daily basis to keep it alive. Savita Mbuli on page six captures you so well where she says that your passion and your discipline are the cornerstones of your of the legacy you're building. I've seen this firsthand and I can attest to it. Your passion really shines through in all that you do and you're extremely hardworking. It's truly admirable. I'd really like to know, how do you stay motivated and so focused? I think it goes back to really loving what you do. I love food. I love people. And being able to put the two together on a daily really is a blessing. I have been in another career before, and I don't think I was this passionate. Um, so I think it really is testament to finding that thing that is your sweet spot. You do it so easily and you love it. You enjoy every day, even, even when every day is not as pleasurable, but you're able to see the bigger picture. So I feel very grateful to be doing something that I genuinely love. Amen. <laughs> I mean, that's black girl magic. Like I really feel that, you know, it's it's so inspiring to see people living within their purpose. And we see that with you. That's why it's so very easy for us to connect, you know, like, I mean, even if I don't feel like cooking during lockdown, sometimes I was just like, let me get those recipes, you know, like, let's get, Let's get it. Let's do it. So what is your favorite food memory of all time? Most of the memories that I hold dear are around food. You know, it just goes to show the incredible vehicle that, that food is. You know, um, it can be the actual taste of food, the smell of food and seeing food. It just will invoke a different memory. But I think probably being in my mother's kitchen, baking with her or cooking with her, being around my aunts, 
during a celebration, my grandma, all of those memories I realize have something to do with food um, and the memories I can very easily access the day I make something or the day I smell banana bread or umkomboti or hodu. Um, all of those memories are invoked every time I cook or I see, you know, that food. You you probably, like, do you get home and, like, be the guest or do you always just, like, you are the trusted cook at home as well and or you just, like, enjoy cooking with your mom still? Is that, like, a Christmas time sort of thing or do you just, is it in you that you will always be that person that wants to share your love language through food and you would cook for your loved ones all the time <laughs> or do you just feel like sometimes i'm at home now i'm the guest mom can you treat me to my favorite meal i'm lucky that my entire family loves cooking down to all my uncles and my aunts everybody loves cooking so when it's christmas each person has a designated dish that they feel they cook the best so each person will make something um I'll maybe make all the protein. Um, my mom will make her famous dombolo. Um, my uncle will make his snook. My aunt will make her famous trifle. So everybody really gets into, you know, that festive mood. We all love cooking. We all love food. So we do that really well. When I go to my mom's house, the first day I get there, she will definitely have cooked for me, which I love and I enjoy. I think that's both our love language. So yeah, I'm I'm very lucky that way that my entire family loves cooking and we do it all together. Oh, that is so special. I know with the passing of the iconic Mam Dora Sitole, um, whom we all love and respect her in the food and media industry for all the incredible work she's done over the years, promoting our proudly South African cuisine to the rest of the world. You dedicated this book to her, which I thought was really beautiful and so fitting. As someone who, who was so proud of her roots and her heritage, she made sure our traditional foods were being recognized and featured in glossy magazines in her capacity as a food editor. Between that era and now, how do you feel about how food is currently being represented in our country in, on major media platforms? I am absolutely grateful to Mama Dora for the work that, that you know she started, um, for having mentored so many of us and really started the work of centering us um, so that we can see ourselves represented, you know, in media, in magazines, in TV. Um, I feel like that was her greatest legacy. And I think now it's, it's great to see young up and coming chefs begin to center their own heritage in their cooking, you know, be it with indigenous ingredients that are indigenous to the continent or South Africa, um, be it in the way that we cook. Um, so it's really great to see that up and coming chefs are really thinking of, of ways of integrating our heritage, our cultures into food, you know, really changing the way we think about not just food in food media, but also fine dining. There's some really exciting ways that young chefs are really thinking about their place in the world as chefs, which is incredible mm. to see. No, that is amazing. I mean, I, I mean, I know you guys were really close as well, just like during the time. And, you know, you've shared many 
many, many moments where you have connected through just an industry. So um, you dedicating the book to her, I thought, like I, like I said, it, it's really special. Um, what would you like to do? Like, what is, do you still feel there's something that you need to still continue to do, as you as Mohao, just to further on with just, you know, making the mark and just for the rest of the world, as we had touched on earlier, where you wanted to, expand your specific your brand um across the continent what is there still more stuff that you feel you need to do in that aspect of course of course i feel the work is still great um there's still lots of work to do i feel like i've barely started so there's still lots to do especially when it comes to really you know centering or or helping to some in some way to center and celebrate um, our cultures, our heritage, especially when it comes to food, um, there's still so much to do. I mean, if you think of the French or the Italians, you know, as a some sort of like benchmark, if you think about what they've done with their food, not just in their country, but worldwide, you know, everybody knows what a croissant is. Mm, um, even, even people son, who've never even old. tasted it, you know. <laughs> People, everybody knows what pasta is and the people in Africa, a country that's not Italy, in South Africa that eat pasta on a daily, you know, but they, there isn't sort of that same, same thing for us, you know. So if you think about it that way, there's still so much work to do to, to get us to a place where we're just as, um, as seen as, and, and as celebrated South African food. Our food is as celebrated as the, the pastas and the American burgers of the world. So if you think about it that way, there's still so much to do. We've barely even started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would feel really good, like arriving somewhere in Italy and being served like <laughs> actually actually it, it does it's it speaks a lot to like national pride as well and just overall pride which is something that especially as black people we've been stripped of imagine you know as a chef and you're this trained chef if you're a trained chef you're obviously trained in like french or italian food and think about no matter how good you make something if an italian tells you no this pasta is not cooked right they're probably right because, you know, that's not how their grandma made it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just, yeah, they, we can absolutely. talk all day no, I about totally this. But absolutely. It, it I really <laughs> speaks to our pride as a people. Um, we do so much to celebrate everyone else. Um, I think it's time that, that we get a little bit of that shine. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know I judge people, even even if it's just in my head, if I see tripe being cooked a certain way or, you know, I think it really alludes to what you just said. Um, so, I mean, with Christmas coming up, right, we, we all like busy planning, like I said, planning our menus and everything. You've got family coming that you haven't seen all year so it can be a bit daunting and you know like you want to make everything and what are like the top five things that you would suggest that our readers go out and be like these are the showstoppers make sure you don't leave these ones out from the book i will probably make a lot more things from the book i think we did a really good job to to sort of curate all those meals together that that final chapter is the celebration chapter so we recruited everything that is festive that is christmas so 
I think there's a, a, a sorghum salad in the book. There's um, gammons, which are favorites for Christmas. These are all things that you can very easily find in the grocery store during this time. I absolutely love that goat and cabbage stew. It's a favorite all year round. There's some really nice cakes and desserts. Again, everything easy, accessible. All those ingredients are very easy to find. Yeah, so everybody must start prepping now. Nobody must, must do the shopping last minute because then there's nothing in stores. But yeah, I made sure to include ingredients that are very easily accessible, uh, also very easily recognizable. These are ingredients you've probably used before, so you're not going to be stuck in the aisles trying to find it, but you can really pull them all together to make something really delicious for you, for your family. Amazing. I'm super excited. Um, I know the Malva pudding really scored me brownie points last year, so I'll be making that again. <laughs> along with everything else so besides your beautiful aprons that you sell on your platforms what other items i've seen you know what other tools are now like the hottest in your kitchen right now that you use all the time well i'm actually excited to have launched recently a range with woolworths so what we did is we launched a the lazy makoti home range which is a long time you know in the making and i'm so excited that it's finally available this festive you can just walk into a woolworths and buy it we started with a bakeware everything you would need for baking you know spatulas to bowls to a cookie gun, which is a favorite. Everybody's making those cookies this Christmas. We also have uh, kits. We have a, a scone kit, a ginger beer scone kit. So you just add one or two ingredients and you have your scones. So everybody's getting them right. We have a dombolo kit. All you, all you need is to add water to that kit and you have your dombolo or uje, whichever one you call it. Um, so I'm really excited to continue on this journey to try and make the kitchen a less daunting place to try and make these recipes not only easier but, but more accessible so with these kits you're just adding one or two ingredients and voila so i'm i'm really excited to continue on this journey to just make the kitchen that much more accessible mm, no that is amazing that is amazing i mean i'm sold anything that makes the the that task a little easier because i mean there's life you also want to be part of the festivities it's not necessarily list highlighting yourself as someone that is lazy or you want to do the bare minimum but you want to enjoy because it is family time and anything that takes away from that you're just like i don't want to remember the festive as just like i was just slaving away in the kitchen so i love that you have come up with those ideas of just how we could make it you know quicker and easier for everyone in terms of the books now that you know you've created what's next for Mohao? I mentioned um the range we are going to obviously expand on it now we've we've dropped the the Christmas range which is largely bakeware and then with each sort of year we'll we'll expand on you know the lazy makoti home when it comes to cookbooks I will always write cookbooks um there'll always be so much to write so much to draw from um especially when it comes to our culture our heritage so I'll always always write cookbooks i love that um it's a way to 
to not only document, but to celebrate our cultures and our heritage and the way that we are as a people now. So I know that I'll always do cookbooks. There are a hundred cookbooks in me. It's something that I love. I love the idea of someone being able to touch it, to page through it and, and see themselves and see their family and see their childhood. And then next is, is obviously a TV series as well, out sometime next year. And just continuing to grow and to find solutions that make cooking more enjoyable and a less daunting experience for everyone. No, that is amazing, Mukhao. You're doing such an amazing, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you understand, like, the footprint that you're creating. Like, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself, but I will shout your name everywhere because I feel like no one has ever validated us in any way, you know, like, in terms of just, like, making... no. You know, what do the young kids say now? Normalizing our food, you know? Like, I feel like now you can walk around and have talk about Udombolo or even share it with somebody without them say making it sound like it's something that is foreign also just like congratulations on everything that you have achieved this year this book is new and it's already won cookbook of the year 2022 with the Lux restaurant awards so very well done for that thank you thank you so much Timbela. yeah thank you for the well wishes i really really appreciate it and i guess to my readers i would like to say thank you a big part of you know me being here continuing to achieve whatever it is i achieve is largely because of you know my readers my followers they challenge me, they support me, they love me so, so dearly. And I really, really appreciate that. I'm actually doing a cooking class for a book club in the UK and they all bought the book. So we're going to cook from the book. So things like that continue to speak to, you know, nostalgia that there are South Africans everywhere and they too now get the, the chance to see themselves in cookbooks and to celebrate that part of their lives, you know, this huge part that food plays in, in all our lives. Yeah, I mean, food really does bring us together, you know, in, in, in many ways and books even more. Um, so I think the essence of it all, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you have actually penned all of it down and for us to go back and refer to as many times as we wish to. There's pride in our food and wherever you go, you would still re be reminded of home and all the beautiful and delicious food that we grew up with. And thank you so much, Mokhao, for flying our food flag high. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having this chat with me today. It was really lovely catching up with you. I really enjoyed it. And I wish you all the best with your book sales. May this fly off the shelf. <laughs> thank you so much, Tembela. It was lovely speaking to you.